from KQED. From KQED Public Radio, I'm Michael Krasny. Is it finally okay to board a plane? Domestic air travel is down by more than 70% over last year, according to Standard & Poor's, but it's been ticking up since the early days of the pandemic. As Americans slowly begin to fly again, we'll talk about how to minimize exposure to the virus on flights and in airports, and how to assess COVID risks for the length of your trip, from your ride on an airport shuttle to your stay in a motel. But first, air quality was unhealthy throughout the Bay Area this weekend, owing to wildfires still burning throughout Northern California. We'll talk about how to protect yourself and get the forecast for the coming days. That's all next, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. The Bay Area has been suffering some of the worst air quality in the world in recent days. And this morning on Forum, we're going to get the latest on the air, how to protect yourself and your loved ones and when the region might get some relief. And we want to hear from you right now. What questions do you have about air quality? You can email us forum at kqed.org. That's forum at kqed.org or call us at our toll-free number, which is 866-733-6786. Joining us now is Brian Garcia. He's Warning Coordination Meteorologist for the National Weather Service in the San Francisco Bay Area in Monterey. And welcome, Brian Garcia. Thank you, Michael. Good to have you. Also want to welcome John Balms, who joins us for this segment, Professor of Medicine and Air Quality Expert at University of California, San Francisco. Welcome, John Balms. Thank you, Michael. Glad to have you both here. And Brian, let me begin with you. Uh, let's get a little weather forecast here. We've uh, been through uh, a record-breaking 28 straight days of uh, spare the air, and it's apparently, at least according to forecasts, I believe, going to improve and maybe even change today, isn't it? Yeah, you know, there there is going to be some marginal improvement today, but really the uh, the marine layer is locking this poor air quality into our area. And so long as we don't mix that out, it's going to stick around. And we really don't see that mixing out really kind of the big broom from the Pacific coming in and sweeping it out until uh, late this week in through the weekend as we get a broad Pacific system actually sweeping across the area. Well, the winds are shifting and the temperatures are cooling, so we're going to get clearer skies and some better air quality, aren't we, especially in the North Bay? Yeah, that that will occur, definitely. We'll see a little bit better air quality. Uh, we'll see the smoke kind of mix out in the lower layers a little bit, but we're still going to have a lot of smoke over the area. And any time that uh, we start to calm the air, in other words, not a lot of wind, we can allow some of that smoke to fall into the lower layers. And then every night as that marine inversion sets up, it gets trapped in that lower layer. And that's kind of what's been bringing us the uh, the low visibilities, the poor air quality, um, just kind of really uncomfortable conditions. And let me talk, Dr. Baums, with you about the effect of all this on health. There, I know are no specific studies about the effect of wildfire smoke on COVID-19, but pre- preliminary research actually has linked air pollution to COVID-19 susceptibility, severity, and death. And uh, we do know that wildfire smoke and air pollution generally is of great concern, especially uh, in worsening pre-existing conditions. That we definitely know. That's correct, Michael. Uh, There's actually a lot of literature supporting respiratory health effects from wildfire smoke, uh, especially for people with pre-existing chronic illness like asthma or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, usually caused by smoking. 
but wildfire smoke uh, and tobacco smoke are similar, except there's no nicotine in the wildfire smoke. So uh, we know that people with asthma and COPD will suffer exacerbations at an increased uh, rate during these 28 days of, of bad air. Uh, what we've learned the last couple of years is that cardiovascular uh, outcomes also increase uh, during this bad air period um, due to wildfire smoke. There's a study from the 2015 wildfire season in California, so not as bad as the last few years, that showed that uh, wildfire smoke fine particles increased healthcare utilization. That's emergency department visits and hospitalizations for heart attacks and strokes. Yeah, and uh, neurological complaints as well, uh, like strokes. Uh, you'd mentioned the cardiovascular. There's uh, really also uh, what we're talking about here is the greatest concern over these microscopic particles or what about 2.5 microns in size, about 30 times smaller than the width of a human hair and they can be inhaled deep into the lungs and they can cause all kinds of inflammation. That's correct. They cause lung inflammation. So that's the direct effect uh, on people like with asthma and COPD. But that inflammation can spill over into the systemic circulation and affect the heart. Uh, and you mentioned stroke as a neurologic condition. It's also a cardiovascular condition. Basically, stroke is like a heart attack of the brain. Yeah. Um, and the best and most sage advice, uh, stay home, shelter in place with the windows closed and ideally maybe get an air purifier like a HEPA? Yes. Uh, you know, my wife has asthma and we have two uh, portable HEPA air filters, one for our bedroom and one for the dining room where I am right now, where I've been doing most of my work since I've been uh, locked down with COVID, with the COVID-19 epidemic. Uh, the other thing to remember is that if you have to go outside, uh, not to exercise, because exercise, uh, especially if you're jogging or cycling to the point where you have to breathe through your mouth, that increases the effective dose of the wildfire smoke. Uh, when your muscles need more oxygen, you have to breathe more, it's called increased minute ventilation. Uh, and you bypass the filtering mechanism of the nose when you breathe through your mouth. So we highly recommend people not to exercise, especially when we're in the purple zone, when the air quality index is above 200. John Bombs is with us, professor of medicine and air quality expert at UCSF. And uh, let me go to a caller. John has a question about air purifiers. John, join us. You're on the air. Yeah, hi. Uh, you guys were just talking about the HEPA or HEPA air filtration. It seems as though there's a lot of uh, new information on the on the market about different air purifiers. What is the story um, in terms of does it help uh, dramatically? And particularly, I imagine, while we're sleeping. And also, do you have any guidance? I mean, I've seen prices from 150 all the way up to over $1,000 for these things. How much do you need to spend to get a good one? Yeah, Professor Bones, can you help us here? Yes, yeah, I can answer that. I'm giving that advice all the time. Uh, so first off, you don't want to buy any air purifier that generates ozone, because uh, ozone is also harmful. Uh, and you can go to uh, the California Air Resources Board website with regard to air purifiers, and you can find out the ones that are not recommended because they produce ozone. With regard to the ones that uh, are good, there is a range in price. Uh, I have a high-end one for our bedroom, uh, which costs about $650, uh, has bells and whistles, does a good job, but uh, the one I just bought 
last weekend uh, off Amazon uh, only cost, uh, I think, 159 before taxes, and it works fine as well. The most important thing is to make sure that the flow rate, which is officially called a CADR, is appropriate for the room size you want to clean. Uh, the fancy one I have upstairs in our bedroom uh, can do a can clean a big room, but the one I just bought for our dining room is, is for a smaller room. The other thing to remember is the noise factor. Uh, some of the cheaper ones make more noise, uh, and that's an issue if you're gonna use it in the bedroom when you're sleeping. And Dr. Bombs, you recommend uh, N95 masks? Yes, N95 masks are the best way to protect yourself from wildfire smoke. The problem is they're in relatively short supply because of their use by healthcare workers and other uh, uh, first responders. Uh, if you can get an N95, it is the best way to protect yourself if you have to go outside when that uh, wildfire smoke uh, makes bad air quality. The kind that might be the easiest to get uh, are the N95s with an exhalation valve because those are not allowed to be used in a hospital because uh, there's a theoretic uh, risk of, of transmission of the virus through the valve. Actually, it's only if you breathe really hard. Um, and open the valve. But those are more comfortable to wear and they're perfectly good for protecting yourself, protecting the wearer from uh, exposure to fine particles. Uh, there are some stores that won't let you in uh, with an N95 and an exhalation valve. You can just put a surgical mask over the N95 valve or just put a piece of masking tape over it. They're not recommended, though, unless you're going to be outside. I mean, if you're going to be outside for an extended period of time, uh, it's inadvisable. Right? Well, N95s are actually safe. There's all sorts of misinformation about how they increase the risk of health problems. They're actually very safe uh, to wear. People without pre-existing uh, lung or heart disease don't really need to wear them most of the time, uh, especially if you're just outside for a short period. But people with asthma, COPD, and heart disease uh, probably should wear them, even when they're out for a short time when the air is uh, very unhealthy. And again, John Baums is professor of medicine and air quality expert at UCSF. Uh, let me go back to Brian Garcia, who's a warning coordination meteorologist for the National Weather Service in the San Francisco Bay Area in Monterey. And Brian, I know there are incoming, uh, there's an incoming storm system uh, off the coast uh, coming from Washington and Oregon. What does this mean in terms of firefighting? Can we predict to some degree how the effect it's going to have? Yeah, you know, it's actually really interesting because the fires that started with the lightning storm that came through late last month, um, a number of them started right on the coast. Typically, when we talk about fires right on the coast, we're talking about high moisture values. So we think of uh, generally easier conditions for firefighting. But what we've been hearing from the, the crews out there on those fires is the onshore winds that we typically would associate with that moist air have actually been rather problematic. Now, with uh, the lack of wind speed that we've had as of late, uh, they've been able to get a good handle on a lot of these fires, but we're always concerned about any sort of flare-ups on these fires as the winds kick up. So as the winds kick up from the west as we get these systems coming through later this week, that's when we start to worry about the, uh, about the fires potentially um, reinvigorating as well as uh, producing more smoke, which can contribute to 
contribute to worsening air quality once again. So it's something that we really have to watch and we listen to our partners very closely to find out what their needs are in terms of uh, conditions so that we can make sure that we highlight it for them. Brian Garcia, thank you so much for joining us on Forum. Good to have you. Appreciate thank it. You. That's Brian Garcia, again, Warning Coordination Meteorologist for the National Weather Service in the San Francisco Bay Area in Monterey. And a question for you, uh, Professor Baums, from a listener named Kathleen. Does a window air conditioning unit help clean the indoor air? What if I just leave it on fan and clean the filter regularly? That would actually help. Um, and uh, not everyone can afford one of these air purifying um, appliances, uh, even the ones that are uh, below $200. So there are do-it-yourself uh, approaches that actually can re uh, reduce the amount of fine particles inside your home. Uh, you can actually use a regular box fan uh, and uh, purchase a high-quality furnace filter. They're MERV, M-E-R-V uh, 13 or better, uh, and you can devise a reasonable uh, air cleaner for for your home. There are several do-it-yourself uh, YouTube videos that show you how to do that. Well, we're going to go to a quick break and then we'll be back and we'll try to take uh, a few more of your calls and emails. Uh, again, we're talking with Professor John Baums, who's professor of medicine and an air quality expert at UCSF. This is Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. This is Forum. I'm Michael Krasny, and we're talking about, uh, well, the air pretty much and the smoke that's in the air and what to do about it and uh, how to contend with it. Uh, our guest is Dr. John Baums. He's Professor of Medicine and Air Quality Expert at UCSF. And uh, Professor Baums, uh, what do you think about the decision of the 49ers to play in Santa Clara yesterday and the A's playing the Mariners in a doubleheader in Seattle? Well, I was asked... Uh by uh, one of the San Francisco Chronicle sports writers on Friday about that. And I said that if the air quality index got above 200, uh, that I wouldn't recommend them playing. Uh, and uh, that's actually, uh, I think an NFL rule. And I was pleased to see that Kyle Shanahan independently in the same Chronicle article uh, agreed that he, he didn't think it would have been safe to have sent his players out when the AQI was above 200. Now, it was pretty bad, and whether they should have gone ahead uh, is more problematic. But the, generally, sports um, organizations use uh, 200 AQI as the cutoff in terms of whether they will decide to play or not. Yeah, and I'm struck by the fact that reading about all the terrible fires that are raging in Oregon, they've got AQI over 500. I mean, that's pretty inconceivable almost. I can't get my head around that number. Well, I think Sacramento was a... Um, in the mid 400s uh, yeah, last week. That's right. Um, the real advice here again for listeners, uh, as far as, well, I'm thinking particularly about those with children because of this particulate matter that can be inhaled and really do damage to the lining of uh, the airways and, and vital cells. Keep the kids inside, although some of this uh, bad air and smoke can seep in inside. I mean, keep your pets inside too, maybe just short walks for your pets, but it does, it does get in, doesn't it? Yes, the fine particles can penetrate uh, into homes, especially older homes that are less well sealed than, you know, modern uh, brand new types of, uh, of dwellings. That's why it's uh, good to have, uh, if you have central 
ventilation to have a MERV 13 filter in your central ventilation and have that go on recirculation uh, mode. And then air purifiers will clean individual rooms. Some questions uh, coming in by email. Here's a listener who asks, how carcinogenic is this air and what are the long-term effects? That's a very good question. I've been involved with studying uh, wildfire smoke exposure of wildland firefighters for many years. Uh, but it's only just recently that NIOSH, the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, that's part of the CDC, and they're the N in N95, they have turned their attention to uh, recurrent exposures for career wildland firefighters. Some people in the U.S. Forest Service, you know, do this work for, you know, many years. And uh, we know that there are carcinogens in wildfire smoke. As I may have said earlier at the top of the uh, discussion, uh, wildfire smoke is similar to tobacco smoke without the nicotine. That means it has some of the same carcinogens that uh, tobacco smoke has. So there is a theoretic risk for chronic exposure like wildland firefighters have uh, for lung cancer. Uh, we're less sure about, you know, short-term exposures, you know, the dose makes the poison is a basic toxicologic principle. And uh, just like a few cigarettes across your life uh, time won't increase your risk of lung cancer, uh, you know, a few exposures to wildfire smoke probably won't increase your risk of lung cancer. But when it starts to be, uh, you know, many days at a time, then we have to start thinking about that. Quick question uh, again from a listener. What happens to the unhealthy particles once they come inside the home? Do they continue to float around or do they fall to the floor or surfaces and no longer remain as dangerous? You know, that's also a very good question. Uh, they do fall to the ground and are less dangerous, but then you can resuspend them, uh, you know, with cleaning activities. So, uh, you know, <laughs> vacuuming, uh, regularly uh, or sweeping if you have hardwood floors uh, regularly probably be a good idea so that there, there isn't a, a big buildup of the wildfire smoke particles. Well, Professor Baum, it's good to have you with us and I appreciate very much your expertise here this morning. Thank you for being on Forum. My, my pleasure, Michael. I've been talking with John Baum, Peace Professor of Medicine and Air Quality Expert at UCSF.